You're listening to Irish Radio Canada at Home and Abroad, and we have been chatting with some people here in Ireland and in Texas, we're going to hear from later on, who are in the gig economy and traditional music. And I have Liz Doherty here with me, and I had the opportunity to chat with Liz earlier in the year at the Folk Alliance International in New Orleans. And Liz has a project that she has been working on, which is a revolution in the teaching of traditional music. And it's a revolutionary new system to support traditional music teachers. And she's been, it's been launched. And um, Liz is, um, I suppose, she's been for a good 30 years in the, in the music scene with lots of experience, lots of international experience involved with uh, Culture Ireland and lots of others as well, was involved in the music faculty at Cork. Liz, thanks a million for coming along, and uh, tell us a bit about what you're doing. Oh, well, listen, thank you so much for having me, and uh, it's brilliant. Twice in the one year we're getting to have a chat. We're doing well. We are. <laughs> we're doing well. Um, so, yeah, so I have um, recently left my job in academia. I've been working as an academic for oh, over 25 years at the stage, first in Cork and then more recently at Ulster University in Derry. Um, and so now I'm officially a recovering academic now. That's my new title. And uh, I kind of decided I wanted to leave and get closer to the music again. Sometimes when you're working in academia, even though your title is lecturer in music, it can be fairly far down in the list of things you end up doing. And I'm and going to cross you a little there, because part of your academia was, of course, a study of the Irish music and Cape Breton music. Absolutely, absolutely. And some of the best years ever spent um, living in Cape Breton and getting to know the fiddle music there. And academia has served me well on lots of levels. Right. But you know what? I thought, you know what? I was going to be turning 50 and I thought, you know what? I want to have a bit more crack and be a bit closer to the music and doing stuff that, that'll get me closer to the music and the people making the music. And uh, so, yeah, so just at Christmas, um, just around the time we met earlier, I was just uh, getting ready to spread the wings and, and fly away from the permanent pension job and all of that carry on. And um, and so then COVID landed and, and threw everything up in a heap altogether. But you know what? It, um, it worked out all right for me. I put the head down and all the ideas that I've had for a long time all kind of came together. And so just a couple of weeks back, I launched I Teach Trad. And it's a all about supporting traditional music teachers because we do so much to support people learning traditional music and we don't give a whole lot of attention or shine the spotlight on all the great people who are doing fantastic work teaching. And it can be a hard old slog teaching sometimes because, you know, there's no system, there's no structure, there's no place, one place you can go to for ideas and information and training and all of that. And look, I've been doing this for a long time and, you know, I thought I was the only one making it up as I went along. And then the more I talked to other people, I realized that, oh, my goodness, we're all making it up as we go along. And that is brilliant. I mean, that sort of freedom is part of what makes Irish music, that we all have that kind of space to put our own stamp on everything that we do. But, you know, a wee bit of structure and a wee bit of help couldn't go amiss. And that's kind of what I'm trying to do. So without squeezing the joy and the life out of it, to kind of create those structures and frameworks and build resources and start conversations and all of that for the traditional music teacher. So, Liz, 
The concept of trad often is that it is handed down from one generation to the next, and usually, be it around the fire or around a pint in a pub or around in, in a session, how is it possible to try to recreate or to supplement that in a virtual world? Well, I think we even need to dial it back a small bit from the virtual world because, you know, that idea was very much the way traditional music was passed on historically when people were growing up with it rich in their families, rich in their communities. And we know that, you know, organizations like be it Coltis or the Piper's Club or whatever came into existence to add another layer to that and to give the opportunity to to teach the music in more formal settings and to make it accessible for people then who increasingly were finding that it wasn't being handed down within their families. So we've already had that kind of step away from that nice nostalgic stereotype of heritage and culture that we have. And, uh, and and the models that were put in place when some of these organizations were set up, you know, in the middle of the 20th century, even though everything has changed now, our technology has changed, the numbers of people wanting to learn traditional music, the numbers of people wanting to teach it, and the locations in which they're accessing this and wanting to access it have all changed. But still, the way that we started doing it in those early formative years of organizations haven't changed at all. So teachers are being expected to to deliver this and to pass it on in these new settings for all these wide and varied, you know, students that we have around the world. But yet nothing has changed in the way that we deliver that. And it makes it very difficult to to make it happen convincingly and authentically without some change has to happen on both sides. And I wasn't seeing that happening. I was seeing a lot of challenges happening and some kind of stagnation and a lot of um, everybody doing the same thing over and over again and people getting tired of it and burned out with it and and not knowing how to get inspired or how to to move with the times and now we find ourselves all faced with having to move into a virtual world and you know again a lot of the things we do great in person can translate into this but there are other things and other possibilities that I don't think we've explored at all in terms of what we can do with traditional music um, and technology in terms of teaching. So I think there's lots of opportunities there if we can open our minds to the, the potential and kind of be excited about trying new things and it's not a case of like don't you know try and fix what's not broken. It is I think that you know, if we're still doing things the way we were doing in the 1950s, when we have so many more things at our disposal, it's a really great moment to try and make some progress. So how would you give me the 15-second elevator pitch of what this is? Well, basically, I Teach Trad is all about turning great musicians into great teachers. It's as simple as that. If you were a traditional music teacher, if you are a traditional music teacher, the chances are you've been kind of feeling from time to time that you don't know what you're doing, that you're making it up, you're suffering from imposter syndrome, and you might be a bit fed up teaching the same tunes year in, year out. And again, you know, I Teach Trad can help you organize, structure your teaching, help you deliver it more efficiently, more effectively, and open your mind and train you with loads of new tools and skills to help you doing it in ways that you have not even imagined possible yet. But what I've heard in, 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 in essence is that your years of seeing what's happening has identified for you, in a sense, a lack of structure 
or a lack of cohesion that you felt you were able to in some way put together and, and respond to? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've been doing this from a lot of angles for a lot of years. You know, certainly I worked in the university, but I've been teaching fiddle all over the world for, you know, the same length of time as I've been in academia. Um, and I've also taught, as part of my kind of ongoing research to bring me to this moment, I've kind of done smaller projects along the way. I've set up music schools. I've taught you know, five-year-olds and six-year-olds so that I actually had experience of doing that so that I kind of tried teaching at every level. Um, I taught online for a number of years before we've had to do it. And um, all of the things that I've learned and from all the mistakes that I've made, and I've made tons of mistakes, trust me, but from all of that, I was like, goodness, I wish I had one person that I could have gone to for this and that I didn't have to do it all by trial and error. And so I've taken all that experience and kind of tried to put it in a format that now might help somebody else to save them spending the time and wasting the time doing things the wrong way when somebody else has done it and can share that. Because a lot of our teaching sometimes happens behind closed doors. We haven't really, um, you know, we haven't really shared all of our mistakes. And we also always tend to fall back onto the way that we were taught ourselves. And I find this remarkable that we, even people who are trained as school teachers, for example, when they go to teach traditional music, all the things that are great about being school teachers, things like, you know, lesson planning and all of that, don't always filter across when they teach traditional music. It's like, I'll go in and see what happens. And it's really funny, some of the anomalies that we have going on there. Right. Again, this is not about taking the joy out of it or the personality out of it. That is so important. But... You know, I think it would teach, especially as more and more people are turning to teaching and there's more demand for it, that some sort of uh, commonalities and cohesion across the piece might serve us all well. So, uh, if I'm hearing this again correctly, and I maybe give me one example of something that you have found that over the years teachers would have struggled with uh, aside from just a broad structure. But one thing then in your own experience that you say, I wish I had someone to go to on this one issue. So is that it gives me an example. So this one is actually quite common and I'm hearing this more and more. Um, a teacher will be invited, you know, an amazing fiddle player will be invited in to do a workshop at a festival or whatever. And they're there for the week and they go in day one and it's like, I'm going to teach you this tune and half the class will know it. And, well, that's grand. I'll teach you this one. And every tune that's trotted out, they know it. Half of the class already know it. Because the kids have so much access to all the music, and they're really quick. Their ears are well-developed from an early age. They have access to it, and they're hungry for tunes, and they're learning tunes. And I have had so many teachers stressed out coming to me going, oh, my God, I'm never going back there again. I'm never teaching again because I have nothing left to give. And my thinking is this is that when we think of a fully formed, legendary, master traditional musician, we think of them, yes, they play tunes, certainly. They play repertoire, they might compose tunes, they play tunes that come from their local place that have been handed down to them. But we also think of many other things. We think of them as communicators. We think of them as allowing their own voice to come across. We think of personality. We think of them breathing. We think of them, all of these other dimensions. Yet when we teach we narrow it all down to the tune. Mm -hmm. And no teacher should ever feel that just because they can't find tunes that their students haven't learned before, that that means they've run out of things to teach. 
there's so much more as traditional musicians that we can teach and show and share and demonstrate and cultivate and nurture in our students than simply repertoire. And, you know, I'd love to, to get uh, teachers confident enough in thinking that, do you know what, teach for 10 days, teach for, you know, 10 lessons without ever teaching a tune and, you know, dig in deeper and see what else you have to give because we're ultimately trying to help our students become traditional musicians. And if tunes is only one part of that, an important part, don't get mm-hmm, me wrong, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. not the only part. And we're leaving everything else to chance. And that's something that I that I find a lot that I'm kind of hoping to kind of try and help people with there for sure. And that's an ideal opportunity to mention when you said to help people. You're uh, participating in the O'Flaherty Retreat, and that is a traditional music. And uh, we're going to chat with Ken Fleming about that shortly. Tell me your your take on that and what you're going to be dealing with there and what you're trying to achieve. Well, yes, I was absolutely so excited when I got the invitation. It would have been my first time attending the O'Flaherty Retreat and kind of was dead excited about getting to go to Texas and all of that. And sure now, obviously, it's not happening. But fair play to Ken and the team. They have done an extraordinary job in pulling this together. And it's just been really amazing seeing seeing it all happen and the team of people they have on the ground doing this. And I've been really inspired actually by their whole um, support for teachers. It's something that I haven't uh, really seen in this level of detail coming to the teachers before. We've got guidance on, you know, what pedagogy to, you know, put forward and, and all of this and, and then everything from how to record your videos and everything. They've been really on the ball in terms of supporting the teachers as well as supporting all the fantastic students who will be attending the event. And again, it's a great mix of lessons, um, instrument by instrument, but also lots of talk and conversation on different themes from you know, um, health and well-being as musicians to particular techniques or particular regional styles or whatever. And, of course, they've got all the concerts happening and all the the dinners. And apparently in the actual real life gig, they would, you know, baking pies and all of this sort of thing was a big part of it. And I'm absolutely raging that I'd be missing out. And I'm hoping Ken is going to be ordering, like, special delivery services of surprises to the house here in Donegal when, when it's happening. So... Um, just let me know you might remind him of that <laughs> indeed well Liz we're running out of time we'll get Ken's details on the authority receipt from Ken your details where can people find you and where should they be looking for you yes so it's iteachtrad.com and yeah just drop me a line and I'd love to hear from you and let's look after the teachers thanks a million thank you <laughs>